John chapter 14 and verse 1, 2, and 3. How many of you know this particular passage of Scripture? When you hear John 14, you know it. Would you read it with me? Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And everybody said amen. Verse 1 said, let not your heart be troubled. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight about living in troubled times. God bless you. You may be seated. You cannot reflect upon the events of the last few days, things that happened in Colorado and not be moved by the carnage and the foolishness of a deranged mind. You cannot live in the day in which we live and not realize that we do live in troubled times. Whether it's Colorado or whether it's Georgia or Houston or New York, we live in a very disturbed world. A world that is reeling like a drunk man and only God knows where that world is going to end up. I read some of the news accounts of the foolish and uh, sad killing of so many innocent people Friday uh, as people were going about their leisure. Some 70 people wounded, 12 dead. Some of the 70 that are Wounded, some of them are still in life-threatening situations. Right now, they're trying to dissect the mind of a sick man and figure out what would cause him to do all that, what would cause him to make such elaborate plans over not just a day or two, but weeks, and, and then booby-trap his own apartment. So when the police came to investigate his home, that one of them or even perhaps many of them would have been killed in the carnage there. It is certainly a sick world, and it is greatly troubled. The words of the Lord ring so clear to me tonight, and they are very dear to my heart. For the Lord said, Let not your heart be troubled. This statement alone tells me that Jesus knew how life would be in the future. He knew what it was going to be like not only a week or two months or a year or ten years ahead of the times his disciples lived in. But he saw into our day and he spoke of time that was to come. And he said of that time, it would be troubling. It would be agitated. The Lord 
by speaking here speaks to us that there would be things that would happen in the future and in life that would agitate it and cause it to roll like water that had been disturbed. It would cause life to reel and rock and uh, do that as a drunk man. He, lo- he saw a day when people's lives would be stressed out and people would be worried and annoyed and grieved and he tried to prepare us for such times as these. And he chose his words carefully. And when he mentioned the word trouble and he said, let not your heart be troubled, uh, the word in the Greek encompassed a wide berth of meaning. When I began to look at it and investigate, I found it quite uh, telling of our times. The word means to stir or to agitate, to cause movement as the result of shaking or stirring, a turbulence, a disturbance, acute emotional distress, anything that confuses, anything that causes restlessness, anything that causes one inward commotion, anything that takes away calmness of mind, whatever renders you anxious or perplexed in your mind, that's what the word trouble means. And that's what the Lord indicated our time would be, a troubled time, a life that would be filled with stress and pressure and anxieties and worries. People would be worn out. People would be exhausted. Our world is more tired tonight than it's ever been. We are more weary tonight than we have ever been in our life. And it's all because of a troubled world. Paul said to Timothy that in the last days, perplexing times would come. He said there was coming upon the earth a a time of great distress. It's very close to the same word that Jesus used here in John chapter 14 about trouble. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. Maybe tonight you are not worried about the world. Maybe what goes on in Colorado doesn't bother you or affect you. Perhaps what you see going on in our own community doesn't trouble you. I I read just this past week uh, in the chronicle of uh, road rage and the high points in Houston where road rage has taken place, where people have been run off the road and many people over the last five years have died because of road rage. And believe it or not, one of the high areas of Houston is this area on the Gulf Freeway in the Webster area. One of the highest counts of road rage that was that was reported to the police happened right here in our own community. But maybe that doesn't bother you. Maybe... Maybe it doesn't trouble you that 
Our world has gone mad and our country has become obsessed with immorality or we have become obsessed with pushing a gay rights agenda. Maybe that doesn't trouble you at all, but I would dare say that many of you sit here tonight and you're troubled about your family. You're troubled about your children. You're troubled about your grandchildren. You're troubled about your job. You're troubled about your future. You're troubled about the direction that life is going and you're wondering where it's all going to end up. How is this all going to end up? In my lifetime, the changes that I have seen take place not just in the world but in the minds of people. And what we accept and what we tolerate and more than that, what we justify in our own lives, it is a very troubling thing. And so I bring you a word for the times in which we live, a word for all of us tonight who have trouble of some kind or other. You and I are well aware that there are seasons when life seems to be shielded from trouble. And like the disciples who enjoyed the presence of the Lord and the miraculous power that He had displayed, and they lived for a period of time in what seemed to be a cocoon of protection, and then all of a sudden the bottom dropped out. And they fell to the floor and life dropped them suddenly. Very much like the birth of a baby giraffe. I read several years ago that the birth of the giraffe is one of the most dramatic and one of the most incredible events that you can witness. Because that baby that is housed in that mother's womb for months lives in the comfort and the protection of that mother's body. And then suddenly, one day, everything changes. And that baby is not laid down gently with hands of love, but they say that while that mother is standing erect, she gives birth to a baby and it drops down seven or eight feet to the ground and wham, that's how it is introduced to life. And then as it begins to wobble to get up, its very own mother will kick it across the yard and it will roll up in a heap. And you look at that and you think, how in the world could anything like that happen? But they tell me the reason that that mother teaches that giraffe that at the very beginning is that she knows that in life, that little baby is going to get knocked down. So she needs to come into this world knowing how to get up. Life isn't going to be gentle with you. It's not going to handle you with kid gloves. It's not going to say, oh, I'm so sorry you're having a bad day. Let me tiptoe around you. Life will come barreling into your home. It'll come into your living room. It'll slam your front door. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night. The neighbors will scream and the drunkards will cry out. They have no sympathy for you. 
And so God was speaking to some men and women one day. He said, I see something coming down the road. It's going to be a time when life is going to be stirred up. It's going to be topsy-turvy. And when you get to that hour, this is what I want you to live by. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't allow the times to disturb your spirit. Don't allow the time to warp your mind or your thinking because I am not leaving you comfortless. Somebody said amen. Learn how to live in troubled times. Listen to the wise instructions of the master as he speaks to those he loves the most and hear what he tells these gentlemen and even us here tonight. He said, I'm going to give you the key to living in troubled time. Are you ready? It's the simplest thing that you will ever hear, but it is the most profound principle of life. The way of keeping the heart out of trouble in troubled time is to simply keep believing. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. I don't care what happens on the outside. I don't care how agitated life becomes. You have to hold on to faith. You've got to keep believing. Troubled times are meant to destroy your faith and tear down your confidence. And the Word of God tells me that the key to my life and the secret to heart trouble and overcoming heart trouble is my faith. And if somehow in the midst of all of my troubles I can remind myself that God is still in control and God still has His hand on this universe and God is going to see it to the end and God is going to be with me to the end. I can live through any kind of trouble. Folks, you and I have got to keep our faith alive today. I have never seen an hour when faith is assaulted more than it is right now. But we must keep our faith alive. What one believes and holds to in troubled time is critical. It was to one of our men that God spoke who was going through some difficult time. He was not certain whether he was doing the right thing or whether God even cared about him anymore. And he said while he was driving home from work one day, God began to talk to Brother Steve McDaniel and said, Steve, if I kept you back then when you were a reprobate and when you were away from me and when you didn't want to serve me, if I kept you back then, how much more am I going to keep you right now that you're serving me and that you're my child? I'm here to tell somebody that lives in a troubled world, let not your heart be troubled. Just keep on believing. You've got to keep your faith alive. You've got to keep your faith alive. Hallelujah. Amen. God gave me something the other day about this that has been encouraging to me. But you know what faith is? Faith is simply the ability to hold out for a better verdict. You just keep hanging on because you know what you're seeing right now is not how it's all going to end up. 
I don't care what trouble is telling you. I don't care what people are telling you. I don't care how the devil is lying to you. Faith is the ability to reach out and take hold of God and say, you know what, God? I think I'm just going to hold my ground because I believe there's a better word out there for me. I believe there's a better verdict for my life. I don't believe you're through with me yet, and I don't believe you allowed me to live through these times so I would be destroyed. Faith is the ability to hold out for a better verdict. No matter what it looks like, you just still keep holding because God is still working. Amen. Faith is an inward strength that will keep you when outward protection is gone. Amen. It's an inner strength that will keep you when outward perfect protection is gone. When the world is reeling and rocking, you can know peace in your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. No matter what happens, you have to keep your faith alive. I said you've got to keep your faith alive. Whatever trouble says, faith says hold on. Amen. Whatever trouble says, faith says hold out. Whatever trouble says, hold on for a better verdict. Praise God. Appeal to a higher court. Ah, go all the way to the supreme court of heaven. Because there is a better verdict. Trouble may say it's over, but faith says not so. Trouble may say that God's forsaken you, but faith says not so. Oh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you even to the end of the earth. No, faith says, hold on, there's a, there's a better word coming. Trouble may say it can't be done, but faith rises up and said, with all, with God, all things are possible. With God, nothing shall be impossible. I think I'm just going to hold on and see what God is going to do because God is still working. In the turbulent times in which we live, this is the only way to keep your head above water. That's just keep believing. Hallelujah. Just keep believing. Say to your neighbor, keep believing. Hallelujah. Keep believing. Listen to what faith will do. Hebrews 11, 33 and 34. The Amplified Bible reads like this. Who by the help of faith. I love that. I don't know if the Amplified's on that Bible version back there. But you need to listen. Who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, extinguished the fire or the power of raging fire, escaped the devouring of the sword out of frailty and weakness won strength and became stalwart, even mighty and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. Somebody ought to say, thank God for the power of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. you got to keep your faith alive. The way to keep trouble out of your heart and the way to keep trouble out of your home and the way to keep trouble out of your mind is keep believing. Amen. Your home may be chaos right now, but you need to hold out for a better verdict. 
Amen. Your job may be chaos right now, but you need to hold out for a better judgment. God's got a better word. God's hand is on you. He said, I once was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed. I wish somebody believed what I was preaching about tonight. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God is going to make a way. He's going to see me through. Hallelujah. You need to remember to keep your faith alive. Not only that, in troubled times, you need to remember that God has a plan for you. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Listen to me. God has plans beyond this trouble. God has plans for you beyond this trouble. God has plans for me beyond this sorrow. God has plans for me beyond this night, beyond this pressure, beyond this problem, beyond this perplexity. God has plans for me. Whoa, hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to know God has plans for me. Last but not least, this text tells me that God has known all along that we were made for the worst of times. Amen. He would never tell us to do something we were incapable of doing. So if you've got it in your mind, I can't live through this, Brother Hughes, you don't know what God said about you. God said, let not your heart be troubled. He built you and he built me and he built us for just such times as this. Amen. When they build a ship, they don't build that ship for the harbor. They don't build it so it will sit out there in stately beauty so people will come by and ooh and ah over it. They put it through the most rigorous tests they know how. They cause waves and wind and every kind of turmoil and tumult to come against it. They try every way in the world to sink it because they want it to know that it can stand the time of storm. And when God made you and I, he, he will not make us weak and anemic. But he said, I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to anoint your life so that when you rise in the morning, you can look at the day and say, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God didn't make us weaklings. He didn't make us sissies. He made us men and women that could face anything and overcome. Anything and overcome. When everything is against you, just keep standing. When the chips are down, keep standing. When everything is troubled, pick up your heart and be of good courage because God made you for such times as this. God made you to overcome. Fear and doubt and discouragement have never provided a thaw from the coal of adversity. Never, listen to me, never has a man in declining times made increase by negativity. Amen. Somebody has to keep 
believing. Somebody has to stand up and say, you know what, I believe God. Somebody needs to say, you know what, whatever else might be, I'm going to light a candle in this darkness. I'm not going to keep cursing the darkness. I'm not going to talk about how bad and how, how, how much worse it's getting. When the chips are down, you're going to pick up your heart and you're going to be of good courage because the Lord said that in times like this, I can live untroubled by the day. Amen. The Lord did not reserve those words for a few select men years ago, but he gave them to all of us so that now in these times when people are going out of their mind, when they're losing their mind, all will know at some point in their life some kind of grief. He said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Amen. Let's stand together. Though we live in the midst of trouble, we trust him. We may not remember a darker hour and few things aren't there to cheer any of us anymore. Political atmosphere is thick with gloom. The moral atmosphere of our world is sick. And the economic atmosphere is shaky. And we teeter on bankruptcy. Trouble in the home. Trouble in the soul. Trouble in our world. But the advice of our text is timely. And it is wise. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And you know what, folks? The sad part about my message tonight is the only thing you're going to remember is a slip of the tongue. When you need to remember, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. Hold on for a better verdict. Praise God. You know what? If I, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't even be here tonight. I would have packed my bags and left here a long time ago. Because when you come in here sometimes, you fight everything. And you know what, I'm not just talking about as a preacher, I'm talking about as a family man. You're fighting every demon in hell, every devil that's tried to destroy your family, your children, everything you represent. You battle that and you come in and sometimes it seems like you're hitting your head against a wall. And all you can do, all you can do is just stand in the presence of the Lord and say, God, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to work it out, but I trust you. I trust that my future and my destiny are still sealed. They're still in your hands. I, I believe that what I have committed to you, you're going to keep against that day. Amen. You're not going to forsake me. You're not going to leave me. And so there's been times that I've just had to pick up my courage, draw up my bootstraps, Come in here and lift my hands and begin to praise and worship him. I'm just holding on for a better verdict. Because right now, if I were to take what the world and what situations and what trouble are telling me now, I would just give up and say I've lost. Amen. But I don't think we've lost. I know we've got some kids that are not living for God, grandkids that are not living for God tonight. But I'm still holding on for a better verdict. There are family members that are not doing what they ought to do. There's nothing that's grieved my heart over the last few months than to see people that I know ought to do better be stumbling. So 
My heart is grieved tonight. There are people that are not here. They're not out of town. They're just not here. That stirs me. That makes me pray more diligently. You know what? I'm not giving up. I just believe that somehow God's going to get hold of them. He's going to turn the heart. He's going to turn the mind. And all it takes is one service. All it takes is one night. I love that old song. It speaks to me and ministers to me of my heart's desire tonight. She said, my soul cries out, O Lord, how long? Till my toiling ends and you call me home. Since I caught a glimpse of my home in the sky, nothing in this world keeps me satisfied. Seems like I hear the angels sing with harps of gold and a thousand strings. Earth holds no charm when I hear their song. Sweet Beulah land, my home, sweet home. Is that the lights of home I see? Do I feel a breeze from the crystal sea? Is that the Lord standing high on heaven's balcony? If that's the lights of home, it's a welcome sight to me. I don't know how much longer God's going to give us. I know this much. If God lingers much longer, He's going to have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to have to go back and make amends with people that he wiped off the face of the earth and you can't even find any point of their existence hardly other than by history. So I know the time is near. Man, I've been amazed recently of the number of things that have been to do with our solar system. Scientists that are seeing lights out there that they've never seen before. Every time I read that kind of report, I'm just wondering, is that it, Lord? If it is, come on. Amen. Come on. Praise God. It's not that I don't like trouble, but I like your presence a whole lot better. Amen. I hope you're ready tonight. I hope you're ready. And I hope our families are ready. And I hope that something inside of us will reach out tonight and lay hold of faith and say, God, I am not giving up and I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm going to hold on. Amen. A little while longer. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand and let's just pray together right now. Oh, Father, we love you.